0: What's up everyone, welcome to the tier 1 podcast, Uh, thanks for joining us and today on the show I've got my uh, main training partner for uh, Jiu Jitsu, uh, Jim and Jim, well I met him first when I uh, started going to Jiu Jitsu with Mike right at the start of 2018 and we often will drive over to Harrogate together to get to training. And then yeah, just started training together. We we're around about the same size. Started off around the same time, so I think it's really important to have uh, that's, uh, win whatever kind of martial art you're doing. I guess um, to have someone that's you know similar to you uh, to push you and uh, make sure you keep try, trying your hardest and you know call you out, call you out on your bullshit uh, and just keep it light-hearted and fun. And I mean, Jim definitely do that. Uh, maybe too much sometimes. Uh, but that's a big, big part of it as well, just to keep it keep it fun and enjoyable, and, and that's why you, uh, you keep going a lot of the times. We have loads of interesting conversations to and from Jiu Jitsu, uh, which I really love, and this was kind of, I wanted it to be almost like a extended version of that. Uh, Jim was pretty hungover during the episode, so try not to judge him too harshly if he doesn't sound too charismatic. Um, but I hope you enjoy the episode and uh, no doubt I'll have Jim on again at some point we'll just talk more about Jiu Jitsu or shared passion cool so here's the show guys I uh, hope you enjoy it let us know what you think and here's Jim cool Jim we're recording thanks for coming on the podcast been trying to get you come on for a little while but you're just so damn busy I'm a busy man too <laughs> always on holiday <laughs> negative Negative. Um, and you have a hangover so this would be a fun one <laughs> I am actually tremendously high <laughs> It's not going
1: to stop me beating you at badminton shortly
0: Yeah, that's a good point, actually We we do have to leave in an hour or so We've got a badminton court booked for a little little day date And then we're going to go to the sauna Oh, this is fun, this is fun <laughs> we Get to hang out outside of jiu-jitsu for once Which alludes to what this probably conversation will lead to And we'll stay on for most of the time What,
1: our burgeoning relationship? Yeah Or jiu-jitsu? Yeah, I mean Or both?
0: <laughs> I thought it was one in the same. <laughs> they are, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, usually um, I like to start with just uh, where you're from and where you grew up and stuff like that. So, are you, f- are you from Leeds? So
1: no, no. So I'm from Lincolnshire. Uh, oh, and uh, the Fens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's where I was born and raised. Or well, like first twenty years of my life. Um, Which and, uh,
0: what was the uh, town? Sorry.
1: Uh, just a small village. Probably the nearest biggest town is Peterborough.
0: Okay, so it's village life for you.
1: Yep. So it's proper in the fens, where everything's flat and weird. Okay. Um, yeah. So How was
0: home life? life? Uh, home life like? Did you have brothers and sisters? Got a sister.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. Really good. Good childhood. Good. Good school. I was Really happy.
0: What were you like growing up? Were you a bit of a troublemaker, Jim? Or?
1: No, I was a good boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Are you good at your hands and everything
1: like that? Yeah. Well, I was, I was lucky. I sort of managed to always scrape by without doing too much, uh, too much work. <laughs> I was a bit lucky like that. Um, yeah. School was good, man. I was uh, quite lucky with that. Good, good friends. Good teachers. Good. Uh, just basically. Just played about a lot. Loads of sports.
0: What were you into back in back then?
1: Um, athletics, rugby, cricket played football when I was younger but uh, quit that to start playing rugby because I got fed up with psychopathic managers who were like, thought they were managing a team in the Champions League final every weekend, screaming at like six year olds (laughs) I decided I'd never had enough of that so I just decided to uh, uh, start playing rugby and that was um, that was my passion for well, loads of years actually all the way sort of back in the primary school and pretty much yeah all of secondary school um, pretty much wanted to be a rugby player uh, for a long time um, got into the three counties team which can't remember which counties It'll be Lincolnshire, Cambridgeshire and Nottinghamshire I think um, yeah, that that was cool. Um and then I just got a series of horrendous concussions which really? Yeah, which right. stopped me from Well, like I'm fine like fine now, mm. but it took me out of the game for long enough that kind of finished that. How did you get the
0: concussions? Rugby. But do you remember like each moment? I I guess if you fuck won't remember it just before. Well,
1: no, no. It was always just like um the problem with them was it was a series of concussions that happened in a short space of time mm. and it's still back in the day when like they weren't really doing much stuff with that you know yeah, yeah. you see now it's all like people have to go off for head injury assessments and all that kind of yeah. stuff but back then it was just like uh crack on you know mm. um yeah just like going in for tackles and getting clobbered in the head and sort of being knocked out um uh, a lot of rough
0: and tumble then yeah yeah
1: um, but it was uh, I'm just trying to forget that it's so long ago um, but yeah anyway it was all rugby anyway a series yeah, of really quick good. successions like the last the last one was uh, the last concussion was literally someone kicked the ball and uh, I, <laughs> I was in the way of it basically like hit me in the back of the head and it uh-huh. just like sent me down but it shouldn't have done and that was the point when it was like yeah, that's not right. You shouldn't be passing right. out that easily. Yeah,
0: because once you've had one, isn't it, like, it's easier to get... A, yeah, yeah, which is why
1: now in the game like, you'll see like uh, internationals, uh, rugby players, like, after they'll like, miss like two months if they've had like, a really bad yeah. concussion. Right. But this was all happening like week after week. Mm. So I was obviously not recovering from whatever was going on.
0: And what was your parents thinking about it? Well,
1: well obviously they were concerned. But, it, like I say, it's back in the day where you sort of just got dusted off and... it off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but it was that last one where I just barcoded when I got hit in the head with a ball that I basically, like, didn't really know what was going on. And when I sort of... The next thing I really remembered, I was in the hospital um, getting assessments and stuff. Mm. And that's I saw this uh, consultant, and he was just like, yeah it's not happening so you've, you've got to stop basically because you're doing too much damage
0: how old were you then i guess yeah I mean, it's probably
1: about 16 okay 17. yeah
0: and, and what I did that know. make you feel like because you said you were you still kind of really hopeful for being yeah like uh, yeah it was
1: all i wanted to do so i was playing rugby for school club and county like so it was basically training like training or playing like five times a week Wow, um, which is too much to be honest but you know it's like you just you don't care <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was awesome um, yeah well it was tough at the time because uh, it was all that I really wanted to do and um, I was about to, so I was about to travel with the three counties team to Australia and Singapore on a oh, tour wow. Um, sorry.
0: oh that's fucking good, isn't it <laughs> yeah like you paid like yeah.
1: paid the deposits and everything mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a pretty good tour for like scouting for like premiership clubs and that mm. kind of thing Um, which is what I wanted to do so it was all going in the right direction I wasn't like you know obviously not your typical build for rugby players Uh, clearly not like six foot plus and stacked but um But i was i don't know obviously got doing something right yeah um i would have tackled anything (laughs) like my coach had asked me to tackle a bus i would have done it so (laughs) yeah it's just effective um yeah believe it or not i was a forward um mainly playing on the flank uh yeah absolutely adored it um so yeah so that tour was like the next step to where i wanted to get to and i just thought i'd never i wouldn't say like you, you can't at that age No aspirations for like England or anything like that but to be honest I just thought wow if I could earn like an okay salary playing playing rugby Mm. for a Premiership team or something I was like yeah that'll do.
0: How do you feel about that like now looking back on it do you feel?
1: Well now it's fine because Mm. I look back and it was um, whilst it was tough at the time because I just thought um, well you just lose the main thing you've been focused on for like, I don't know, God knows how many years. Mm. Um, but it was during that layoff from rugby that I started getting into music.
0: Right, because that's what you went to um, uni for, wasn't it?
1: That's right, yeah. yeah. So, it's that massive old cliche, isn't it, of like one door closes another one opens, but mm. it's whilst I couldn't, I had to have like quite a significant layoff pretty much from all sports, not in like the, the, the immediate bit after my last concussion. I to like properly take it steady. Um yeah, so that's when I, I mean I'd always been into music but that's when I started um I'd played the guitar a bit when I was younger and so basically got into that with my best mate who he was also a rugby player, but it sort of evolved and we ended up playing in bands together and you know, that led ultimately a couple of years down the line after that to going to come to Leeds. To uni right uh, to study music yeah. so which was which is great so i guess whilst i sort of always wonder how far i could have got in rugby um but i never would have had that yeah other chapter of my life if, if that hadn't have happened so yeah you know
0: i'm kind of going through the similar thing with since i was 11 I, all i was ever thought about was being a Royal Marine and, yeah and it didn't matter what i was doing at school or anything because I knew yep. what I was going to do at the end of it. Yeah, but it didn't yeah. really, you know, uh, matter too much. Um, and now, you know, I made a decision to leave before, you know, really kind of getting the symbolic victory of, you know, passing out again, like mm-hmm. Um I've kind of just got to like decide. What I'm gonna do what next? It is next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, keep busy, do stuff like this, the podcast, and yeah, try and make opportunities and just see what see what happens. Really. And,
1: and this is it. And it, and it does happen. Like, so you know, I, I've got the benefit of a lot of years since that happened to look back and I can connect all the dots now. And mm. it, you know, the, the passage that's led me to today yeah. all, all sort of makes sense. Albeit, you would never plan it like that. It just happens. You know. So, uh, yeah, growing up, I was just like, probably mad. That was all I was going to do. Oh, I played a lot of cricket as well. I just I honestly would have just done any sport that I could Yeah, as much as possible. That's all I really, well, it's not all I really cared about. Like, I actually did really enjoy school as well. Um, I got on pretty good at school. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to do sports as much as possible. Um, but yeah, it's like a massive change. There's, that sudden events happen and they come along, and it's like it changes everything after that. No, in the end i made enough of, like i was fine after a, a decent layoff like consultant said like i could play rugby again mm. but by that point i'd lost like a couple of years of uh like yeah i mean at that stage in your in your development that's this massive like you can't really well, you probably could recover it but it's a bit like the ship had sailed and um, yeah lose a couple of years of like physical development and just game experience you know yeah certainly like I could have happily uh, slotted back into like a club set up and just played recreationally but in terms of chasing that uh, ambition for playing like professionally that that had gone so um, but yeah again like I said I ended up studying music at uni which was incredible really so Absolutely adore Yeah,
0: you say you kind of always had that interest in music. How did that start? Was it was it from like your parents and stuff, or was it kind of quite natural to you? Yeah, maybe. I I don't
1: really know. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess my parents were always have, very, yeah driving around in the car. They always have a lot of cassettes on and stuff. It's not like I guess they were into music as such. Um, again, that was that was an evolution. It was my best mate's uh, uncle was one of the biggest influences. Um, we used to babysit his cousins, and his uncle Andy had just got, like, the most obscene uh, record collection, just massive. It was honestly like an encyclopedia of music. Right. And we used to just hang out, babysit his cousins, and just pick our way through all these records. And it was just like a real, uh, it was just a massive adventure, like, every time and so yeah he was a pretty big influence Um, so I I think I don't know always had a natural inclination for this kind of stuff art music
0: and what were you listening to kind of post injury and you were kind of starting to get more into it Uh,
1: definitely uh, punk for the most part Uh, and yeah with a bit of rock Um, they are very broad terms but there was a punk band that I started out in originally because we were s- self-taught, so... As soon as we learned how to thrash out a few chords, and uh, got, got guitars with distortion, we were like, fuck yeah, this is great, let's go. Right. Um, and that was that, but you know, as I went on to university, you know, I was studying classical music, uh, Indonesian gamelan, djembe drumming, just anything like...
0: Yeah.
1: It's that classic, isn't it, when people say, what music are you into? Oh, I'm into everything. It's like, it really is like that, you know. Mm. Um, but my, my roots were in punk, but it sort of evolved out of that to really just, yeah, anything. Um,
0: so what was your time like at uni? <laughs> uh,
1: misspent, most <laughs> of it. <laughs> um, what what, uh,
0: what year was it you were at uni? What, what year did you remember?
1: Uh. I think it was 2004 onwards.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, up in Leeds. Oh man, it was great. Um, I didn't go into halls. Uh, somehow, me and all my best mates managed to get place, uh, placements in Leeds, which all of our teachers at school told us that was a ridiculous idea and it'd never work.
0: What in the city centre?
1: Uh, as in, like, degree, uh, like, uni p- degree placements. Oh, right. So, like, you know, when you're applying for unis, you have yeah. to have, like, a load of options. Really, oh, but well, you just put We all just put music in Leeds.
0: Okay, alright. Uh, oh, and, yeah. like,
1: there's maybe, like, Leeds Uni, Leeds College of Music, or Leeds Yeah. Met. Yeah, and our teachers were like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. You've <laughs> got to think about other options. We're like, well, that's what we want to do. We're going to live together and study music.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it... it fucking worked out. <laughs> so, so we didn't bother we with like halls of residence, we um, we just hired a house in uh, uh, Woodhouse it was, which oh, yeah. is an absolute shithole. <laughs> and, uh, but we didn't care because it was like, it was really awesome having our own place. Yeah, it was just, like uh, the first time
0: you were kind of living away from your parents on that.
1: Yeah, um, and we just got it set up so we could just like, we were playing music, recording music all the time and it was great but yeah Woodhouse I still I went for a bit of a nostalgia drive around there and it still is a shithole um, we hadn't been there long it was a real like uh, roller coaster time so I think it was, like the second day we lived there they like closed off the streets they were recording an episode of some um, soap opera there and we were like oh my god this is great we're, like <laughs> in the city and this is just like this is totally normal this is just what happens all the time <laughs> and uh, it never happened again in like the whole time we were at and then like Probably like another few weeks down the line, police knocked at the door to t- tell us that a uh, well, some limbs of a prostitute who had been murdered and sort of dismembered had been found in the woods out the back of the house and just wanted to ask us if, you know, if we had heard anything or knew anything about it. And we were like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> this is not so cool. Um, but yeah, that, so uni was, was awesome, man. Um,
0: so were you going out a lot of the time?
1: Yeah, a fair bit, going out, staying in. It's probably like when you live with your best mates, you kind of didn't need to go out so much. But yeah, we would. Um, I mean, it's insane when you look back, sometimes you'd have to, like a couple of lectures a week and you'd spend the rest of the week uh, just drinking, eating, staying up all night, and then maybe miss like one of the two lectures that you've got. <laughs> It's, it's terrible really, but um, it's a pretty formative part of your life, I you know, I don't regret that time spent, it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool, um, but it definitely could have been more productive.
0: Mm. Yeah. Did you Did you do anything outside of your lunches? did you carry on any sports or anything? Uh,
1: yeah, I was mainly doing quite a lot of running at the time, oh, right. um, just used to hit up the canal paths um, and just, yeah, taking on way more than I could getting shin splints all the time mainly because I was like really fat and out of shape from being at uni <laughs> um, yeah uh, and quite a lot of uh, I did a lot of rock climbing and oh, yeah. um, mountaineering is a strong word probably hill walking's probably probably right. more like it but yeah my mate used to like drive up to the Cairngorms and stuff like that and ah, uh, cool. do a bit there I had a few uh, couple of close calls actually. Actually, one was on Penny Gent, um, which is obviously not in the Kangrooms, just just north of here. Um, and decided we were going to pitch our tent at the top.
0: Penny Gent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, and just uh, we were just really wanted to wild camp. It's a good um, place to come. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that now. Right? <laughs> so it was a series of events. Turned out there was a freak a freak, uh, freak storm, like. <laughs> We went and it was like a beautiful sunny day and we were like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And uh, we got up there and it was fine. And then by the time we pitched our tent, like, the winds got up and then it started this huge storm and everything. And we are in this, like the shittest tent ever. It would be like, like a, some sort of 15 quid. Light. Billy basics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, we are like, oh, it would be all right. You know, as the tent's sort of like folding in on us and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll just, you know, we, we'll be fine. We'll tough it out and uh and then it started to rip and tear <laughs> just like the rain starts coming into oh the tent no. um and we like we were freezing cold and then we tried to uh we tried to make a brew with our transit in the tent nearly set fire to the tent <laughs> and here is all uh, the wheels were coming off uh at an alarming rate so we um we're like shit we're actually like this is pretty bad. We've we've got to, like, we've got to get it? down. Yeah. So we got out. We just bundled up what we could of the tent, and uh, started to head down. Literally, two minutes in into the, dark, the walk yeah. down, my head torch failed, okay. and so, in the uh, most romantic fashion, I had to like link arms with my with my <laughs> best mate, and. Uh, like just honestly just shuffled down Penny Ghent like super slow. And we ended up golden it, piss was, wet it. was awful, yeah. And um, we ended up um on our uh firm arrest in the sort of porch of the of the local church in um oh, yeah. is it Horton in Ribblesdale, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is the the town there, or the village. Um we ended up in the porch of that church, laid on our firmer rests. Like with the transit in between it's trying to keep warm, which was uh, and then we get on the train like the next morning to go back, have we not slept really at all, and like all the fields were completely flooded, and everything, and we get back it's like what the, fuck? and we see on the news that was just like unexpected storm, <laughs> like this freak weather event, and it's like we got totally smashed off the mountain, and it was <laughs> it was only once we got into the porch of the church my my mate said. Uh, Oh, I, I think I read somewhere that Penny Ghent means, like, hill of winds or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fucking
0: what? <laughs> yeah. That's funny, that is really funny. I was just talking about Penny Ghent today um, uh, with my friends. that We've run it, you know, run like three peaks and stuff a few times. And we're trying to discuss which was like the worst bit. I I was trying to say that the the worst bit of the whole three peaks is actually that first little bit of Penny Ghent, which mm. was still
1: still quite grassy. What well, is this is like never-ending slope that yeah, you have to go up. Yeah,
0: because yeah. it, I think it's quite a short, sharp, you know, steep hill compared to like Wernside, which is quite long and windy and yeah. that kind of thing. And yeah, it's the first it's first grassy thing you bit's can tough, do. isn't it? Yeah, and like, you feel like you're hanging out. <laughs> yeah, but it, and you're like, oh god, I still got another twenty-four miles to go or some shit. Yeah, um, that's funny. So, so um, you enjoy your time at uni and. And what happens what after uni? Do you have a plan?
1: Uh, yeah, always in fact. So with the, the same uh, best mates that I live with, um, well, I'm, I'm one of a group of best mates. Um, he, he was over in Manchester for uni, but um, ever since school we uh, decided we are gonna go on a motorbike tour of uh, the States. And, oh, right. um, well, and go as far as we could. America, Central America, South America. Which all had different endpoints for all of us, right? Uh, for various reasons. So
0: that sounds like it got a lot of logistics involved as well.
1: Yeah, well, I look back now and I think, well, there's no way I'd be bothered to plan <laughs> yeah. all that <right> <laughs> I'd probably just rather watch Netflix and sit on the couch. But um, yeah, it was a lot. So we like um, we bought our own bikes. We uh, Sounds obvious, but a lot of people will like, either buy when they get out to where they're going, or rent Ship them, or them. whatever. Yeah. So we, we shipped out. Was that so was a whole experience getting in like American customs and stuff. It was.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to begin with that.
1: Yeah, it was. Well, we didn't really. Um,
0: You've not barely got high-speed internet at least at this point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. um,
1: yeah, we did. We did it, and we rode across the pretty much across the southern states. Oh, where, uh, did, where did you start? Uh, Miami. That's where we shipped the bike. Did you go out in Miami before you went? We did go out in <laughs> Miami, yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Really. How much money did you
0: go out with? Oh, man, I
1: can't remember now. Um, not a lot. I've probably got a few grand. And I was just going to do literally just to see how long could make it last. Um, what kind we, of things
0: did you bring with you?
1: So we, we were packed pretty light so obviously everything has to fit on the bike, yeah. so you just got the minimum of t-shirts and boxes, a pair of jeans, and then the rest of the time you're just wearing your bike gear, like a pair of swim shorts as well I guess, that's it really, mm. um, and then you've just got a lot of kit, like tools for maintaining your bike, and, um, and just yeah, bike related kit.
0: And what was your kind of history at this point with like motorcycles? and?
1: Not very much, actually. I came to it pretty late. I think I only got my license like the the year before. Uh, yeah, probably say about twelve months before we went. Mm. Um, but I'd done a lot of riding at my mate's place in uh, out in what we say on the sticks in Lincolnshire. Um, so I used to ride a dirt bike around there a lot. So there's already sort of I could already ride a bike. So it wasn't it wasn't too much.
0: The learning curve. But you pretty handy with like knowing how to fix it and stuff at least like, the basics of it.
1: Yeah well like yeah sort of basic maintenance mm-hmm. pretty good at, at at the time but you wouldn't think it if you looked at my bike now. I was just looking at it yesterday it looks pretty sad it's it's a little bit rusty in parts <laughs> um, but yeah it was um no it's great it's, it, there's a lot of logistics involved but we were massively motivated as to anything we'd wanted to do you know, we've been talking about it for years, since we were, well, effectively since we were kids, all yeah. the way through school, all the way through uni. Um,
0: so why did you start in Miami?
1: Uh, just, it was, a, you know, it's in the east. It was right. a place to, that we could ship to. Yeah. Um, we wanted to cross the states, so mm-hmm. it was a logical place to go to. Um,
0: so it was a, you put the bikes on boats with it, and then you fly out to
1: Um They... What did we do? No, we, uh, we flew them out okay uh i can't remember what that cost now probably more we just seemed to have money at the time we'd all mm-hmm. just like worked factory jobs for months right and, you know with the luxury of living at our parents and not really paying much to live so yeah. we're just saving loads like, of cash all the time um yeah it was great i remember <laughs> american customs this guy being like the customs official i mean they're just Customs in America—they are just so unbelievably aggressive all the time.
0: Especially at that time, I bet. As well.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, so we're just uh, yeah. you know we go um, we were just trying to figure out how to get our bikes out of customs. Yeah, we just sort of like got a cab there and rolled up and was like, right, wanna can and get our motorbikes, please? And he starts telling us about a whole bunch of different forms that we're supposed to have. Of course, we ain't got a fucking clue, we're just kids just yeah. wanting to get on our bikes. we're like, oh, okay, right, can you tell us which ones? He's like, get back from the booth. Yeah, but we don't, you just, just told us we need these forms, what, what do we, uh, what, where do we get them from? And, he, but it like, and then he's like, yeah, get back, get away, <laughs> it just escalates so quickly to the point where we just like we just need to know or well, we don't know what you're telling us we don't understand this and he's just like I will impound your vehicles We're like, oh Christ so we ended up we go back to this shitty days in motel in Miami where we were hanging out waiting and we had to get some shipping agent to pay them a few hundred dollars to help us fix all these problems and and it was just like for us, you know that's the nature of travel like that it's you just get problems thrown at you and you mm. just figure it out so it's, you know
0: so what was the plan did you have like a, uh, a route that you already mapped out or were you just gonna wing
1: it i literally go from east to west across the states down through central america and then all into south america which only one of us managed to do that was not me um my trip was derailed pretty quickly because we, we went out and got absolutely smashed and I lost my wallet. Oh. This was. What was this? No. We were still in Florida at the time. We'd left Miami, but we were like just a few days into the trip. Yeah. And I then found out that my bank account had been emptied. Oh, jeez. I don't really know to this day how it happened, but I mean, for all I know, probably someone just watched me put my pin in to something at the bar mm. and then took my wallet because we were so drunk that nobody, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. nobody remembers what what happened. Uh, so I managed to get that sorted, like obviously reported it, and uh, and the bank were able to giving about the money but I wasn't able to do it without returning to the UK to fix oh. it all but um, I managed to get like, I managed to cross the states and we went and stayed with um, some friends in California for a bit so I flew home from LAX after crossing the states
0: you're um, fucking gutted at this point <laughs> yeah
1: that was a pretty uh, a pretty difficult time yeah um, and then yeah flew home sort of fixed everything and then um I it sucked because having like family had thrown like a big like going away party and stuff, and then it's like not many weeks <laughs> later, I'm like,
0: Here you go, I'm back."
1: <there. laughs> <laughs> so I just sort of kept my head down. I think I was home just for two weeks, uh, fixed everything, and um, I had, I'd had to ship my bike back because I was just like, I don't know
0: how you can, start. Yeah, yeah,
1: how we could get around all of that. So the bike tour bit came to an end for me, but. That seems to be the theme of the stories I'm telling you. Um, one door closes, another one opens. I got a flight back to um, Mexico City and decided that I was just going to backpack for oh, yeah. as much as the my remaining money, having just bought a load of extra flights that I wasn't intending Need on doing. Us, yeah. But I was like, right, I'm just going to go and backpack and see how far I can take this.
0: Was Mexico City like, now like, you think of it as being almost like a bit of a dangerous place and like, was it still the case back then?
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean it was it was cool, um, but there were definitely parts that uh, like locals would just be like, "Fucking don't hang around here after this certain hour," like right. you know, not cool.
0: How come you picked Mexico City just because you wanted to um, see Central? So the guys Coast.
1: who had left who were still on the tour okay. continued on into Mexico.
0: So, they were about so the plan no, at the
1: time was I flew back and was like, right, well I'm just going to backpack and I'll just sort of keep meeting up with you. And, and we'll just yeah and that's how it'll work basically and that's the easiest way to deal with uh l- less money no motorbike all the rest of it yeah and um we uh so it's great so um, they we said what well, i was like all right i'll be in mexico city on this date and they're like cool we'll be there or whatever about so we met up and it was um I think we. What did we do? So we hung out for a bit in Mexico City, and then we went on to a place called Oaxaca, which um, was yeah, that was awesome. And I fixed myself up in a a youth hostel there, and um, and it was cool. And so basically, I was uh, so I said to the guys, right, I'm now going to be here. I'll see you in like two days or something. And so they rolled into town, we met up and I'd started to have some, uh, to chat a little bit with just people that were chilling at a hostel and getting to know people and um, recounting my tales of woe from my bad behaviour and losing all my money. And and then the boys got into town and I went and met up with them and I just had a realisation that... We, uh, it was just too difficult, like the beauty of uh, overland travel, independent overland travel like with a motorbike or, or a car or how you're doing it, is that you can go anywhere, anytime yeah. like on your own schedule and I realised <laughs> you know the intention was right but by me saying being restricted to bus stops or train stops or whatever I was going to mm-hmm. use I was having to say to the boys right I'll be at this specific location at this time I was like, that's never gonna work for them. Like that's not cool. That that puts pressure on their trip to all of a sudden like, oh shit, we need to get like an extra three hundred miles done today. Yeah. Just so we can get to gym in this other location. So we met up and had a few beers and i just le- left some like some some nice people that I'd just been chilling with at the hostel and met with the boys, we had some beers, chilled out, got some food, and I just had this realisation I was just like yeah, I've just got, I've got to bring this to an end. Like, I've got to let them do the trip that they're supposed to be doing, and mm. um, I've just got to crack on on my own. Um, so I just agreed with them. Just like, I'll see you when I see you, basically, um, because it just wouldn't have been fair on them to keep them to my schedule. I um, just want to be honest, like, well, you won't remember it, tea, but uh, like. We didn't have smartphones then and we weren't just like whatsapp and each other like communicating was pretty difficult like you have to find an internet cafe and send them an email and hope that they'd read it and it was like a massive headache and yeah. it, just trying to meet up in one place meant that you were spending most of your time Try just to trying to communicate and yeah. organize and that's not what you want to be doing right So that's what we did it's cool when they went off and their experience was obviously became something different and it evolved for them, uh, two of them sort of made it down to Panama uh, and my mate Patrick ended up doing going pretty much all the way around South America, um, ending up with a Brazilian girlfriend and all the rest of it, um, which is yeah, but you know in its own way it's it's an awesome experience for all of us in in, in the form that that took for, for each of us because for me I then went on and made some incredible friends who have become lifelong friends, for me, that I'm still meeting up with now, still in touch with. Um, and that was simply out of like the kindness of uh, my Polish-Canadian friend Alex, who one night I was feeling pretty down on my luck, like, it was after having said goodbye to the, the guys, mm. I was just like getting a beer at the hostel and thinking, oh, fuck this, I'm going to go to bed. Just be miserable. Alex walks over and just says, Hi, my name's Alex. Why don't you come and join us? So I get chatting to this group, and then yeah, the rest is history. So sort of three of those, four of those, been like great friends ever since. All right, all so right. I ended up travelling through a good chunk of Central America with uh, a few of these guys,
0: and um, you were just taking like was it trains, buses?
1: Yeah, careful. buses mainly. Mm. Buses mainly. Yeah. Um, favorite border crossing was. I think from Mexico into Guatemala, I was on this like tiny little narrow boat. Went up the river for a while. And then just like wedged the boat into a muddy bank and had to scramble up it. Walk through some forest to where there was like this tiny little immigration hut. And I was like, I'm not sure that this is legit. Uh whereas some dude who just like I stamped my visa for, I had to bung him, I don't know, like $20 that I, didn't, I shouldn't have had to have given him, but um, yeah. it was great. Yeah, it was, oh uh, man.
0: So it was, how many times did you kind of feel like um, in deep water or in trouble like while you were travelling? Um, not, um,
1: not too many, and this is the thing, you realise that you just adapt really quickly, so travelling that way is, is um, well, you don't, you know, you don't expect any sympathy, but it's pretty tiring sometimes. You spend mm-hmm. a lot of time organising. There's a lot of logistics. Hey, um, you're often like in a different bed every night, and you just, it, and it just throws up like logistical problems and headaches to fix all the time. Um, but it's the only thing you've got to do. You're not at work, yeah. so it's great. And you just meet awesome people, um, and. You sort of figure all that stuff out together so it's um yeah i mean what the difficult things mainly just like getting the shits <laughs> like definitely had quite a few days just out like with bad stomachs and um that's pretty that's pretty horrible when you just like oh man i yeah. just like to be at home eating good, clean food and not some rancid chicken that i just ate the night before um so
0: where did, the, uh, where did the trip take you t- to the end point? I,
1: I ended up actually just finishing the trip in Guatemala. I went from Mexico to Guatemala. I'd got plans to go on. And I was originally planning to meet up with a bunch of people um, in various points of South America. And in the end, I just decided that I just wanted to have like m- more quality time in fewer countries and just really enjoy it. So I spent quite a bit of time in Guatemala um, and that's ultimately where I flew home from. I spent a lot of time trekking in the jungle and quite a lot of time just chilling at the hostel whilst there was just horrendous tornadoes and storms moving through but it's great man you completely adapt like we live in such a busy way now like life is just work and juggling schedules but when you don't have that to think about like you really adapt, and you have time just to sit and watch your day go by, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um,
0: so you flew home, and then did you have a plan then? Would like you got to start?
1: Yeah. Well, so obviously, I ended up ultimately coming home quite a bit sooner than I probably yeah. wanted. But how, um, how
0: long were you away for?
1: Well, I can't remember. I mean, I guess. The whole period of time it was probably only, like, across, I don't know, four or five months or something. All right, well, it's
0: not a long time.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, perhaps a bit less. Uh, we obviously the trip home in the middle. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I'd, I'd set off, like, probably hoping to be away for a year, but it didn't matter, you know. And, you know, we've chatt- chatted about your upcoming travel and that's the thing that's what i'd say just kind of have to embrace it it changes shape for various reasons yeah you know like getting drunk and losing your money or uh you just don't know you meet people you decide to go to a different place travel in a different form you might decide to stop and work somewhere that you weren't planning to but you think it's cool and and you're enjoying it but you just go with it because actually it really doesn't matter like you know I'd, I'd got this big plan i was going to do however many countries in central and south america I and mean, then i just decided no nah, that
0: i just want to i really liked guatemala so i was just yeah. like i'm just going to stay here for a bit yeah um what do you kind of think you gained from those months away do you feel like you came back well a different i was perspective or anything yeah
1: massively um how old would i have been then just finished uni so maybe like 20 or something yeah. um so just for the, the bike tour bit, you know, the, the experience of just actually organising all that, the shipping of the bikes and logistics, you know, it's, it was a fairly big thing to take on. But once you've done all that, and then suffered a few setbacks, even if it was entirely my fault <laughs> my own doing, it's like dealing with that... Um, you know you've always just got you got a choice about how you deal with something like that I mean I could have just stayed home and felt sorry for myself but I was like no fuck it like I've now got much less money I didn't have much to start with you know but I went back and made the most of of what I got and as I said that led on to some amazing experiences and experiences and awesome friendships Um, but going through all that good times Shit times, um, and just all the experiences you have, like you know, along the way, the people you meet, the time to sit and talk and I don't know, just listen more than talk, get other people's perspectives on life, and it, it's really a massively formative thing. Um, it's like you pack a lot into that those just few months you know and at that age as well up until that point you've just been in education for your whole life you just work like studied worked a bit studied been around the same people same yeah. routine for your whole life and it just for me it was um it just opened my eyes a lot um yeah so that that's great so you get home from that well i certainly got home from that at that age and I honestly felt like i could do anything It was just the best feeling because you've kind of done it then albeit that it did change form and wasn't the trip I'd planned initially but I've still done it Mm. and you know to this day try hard not to be someone that talks about doing something but but doesn't you know Um, it's easier to talk about something isn't it and never do it and then be the person that's like oh yeah I always wanted to do that it's much harder to make stuff happen, but when you do it, you just get the best feeling and you're just like, right, I came back and I was like, fuck it, I can do anything. I can get any job, I can go do what I want. I just had this massive feeling of independence and achievement, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's awesome. And I, I guess now, the ultimate subject, I guess we're always going to get to, is... Um, on a week to week basis it's a very similar thing to jiu-jitsu because what is jiu-jitsu if it's not as just an ongoing series of problems and challenges that you have to figure out a way through a way to overcome um... which of course the satisfaction of that week in week out every time that you're training is just absolutely amazing that's yeah. why we drive home after training and we're like buzzing mind cleared just feeling just incredible from I don't know getting out of a tight spot thinking you know when you think you're going to tap and you don't and then you figure a way out well that's that's the same as figuring out what to do when you've given someone your bank card when you smashed and you lose all your money and you've got an option now I mean like do you you just quit and give up or um, or do you find a way through so traveling gave me all that. Um, I'm no doubt that you're gonna get some similar experiences from it. Um, and yeah, it's sort of. That's where we where we go on. But um, I couldn't recommend it enough.
0: So you come back feeling pretty you know, empowered and that you want to take on the world. But did you know what you wanted to do? Was it still music? Or? Um.
1: No, yeah, I didn't really know, Mm. Um, and I I still don't really. (laughs) But I've always been like that. Um, I, I definitely decided that I didn't want to do music professionally because I sort of lost my love for it a little bit through studying it.
0: Right.
1: And I was like, well, I don't really want to be a music teacher. I don't want to be a sort of session musician. I was never good enough anyway to be a session musician. But. I just wanted to make music that I wanted to make, not just I don't know, play music for someone else. Yeah. So kind of loses the the um, the magic of it, really. Yeah. Um. So um. So then it was just uh, yeah, I'm, f- I'm from there, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit of a sort of wandering spirit in in that way. In that honestly, think to the day I die, I'll still be figuring out what it is that I want to do. <laughs> But as long as I'm uh, enjoying the enjoying what I'm doing, yeah. you know, right now I'm just like, obviously, uh, JITS has become a huge thing. Um, just ten months in, and, and I don't really know, you know. Just Mike asking if I wanted to come down, see one session, see what I thought, and I was just hooked from the first from the first time we went. Yeah.
0: So Did you remember meeting Mike for the first time, and then?
1: Yeah, well he was always going on about, um uh not say going on, but you know, he'd mention, he'd talk about jits. Yeah. We'd like, do some training together, like weight lifting and stuff like that. Oh, and, right. um And then he'd say like, oh yeah, I was sparring last night, I didn't really have a clue what he meant. And I did, but you know, I'd just say, oh right, yeah, cool, that's cool, yeah, whatever, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember him telling me that he'd got his black belt, and I was like, oh great, well done, you know. <laughs> at, like. Thinking, yeah, black belt is obviously the top belt. Brilliant, you know, good mm-hmm. work. But it's when you start doing jiu jitsu that you go, oh, holy shit! Like
0: that's, a lot of work. that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you know, that
1: is that is an incredible amount of work and and dedication for like anyone that gets there. Knowing, knowing like the work that we've put in up to this point in our jiu jitsu journey just to get our three stripes as of. Uh, was it this week, yeah?
0: Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. yeah.
1: Get our third stripe, you know. And you look at each one of those stripes, represents a lot of work, <laughs> lot of doesn't sweat it? sweating, yeah. yeah. A lot of um, sort of beating the shit out of each other. And a few fucking injuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few bust ribs, a dodgy neck, sprained fingers. Like, right. I mean, you get used to that side of it. Yeah. Um,
0: Do you remember going to your first class and Mike yeah. driving you down?
1: yeah so we went and he was you know super kind he's like right well you can just come and watch or up to you if you want to get there's a a cafe there if you get bored and you want to get a drink um i think it was actually like i sort of tweaked my back so i wasn't going weightlifting that night i was just like oh yeah i'll have a night off i need to just rest it i was supposed to be i don't know deadlifting or something um so so he's like oh why don't you come and come down to chips and have a look see what you think and I just got to the point where I was fancying taking on something new. So um I was like, yeah, alright. And he's like, but you know, I've got a got a spare gear if you fancy just having a go. And I was like, uh, alright. It's like, yeah, you know, is that alright? Do you think I'd be cool to come down? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So that was it. And obviously he was like with any uh new people, he sort of um paired up with me for the session and uh that was it, and I suppose I think I realised straight away. I just immediately loved the sort of getting stuck in, basically mm. down on on the mats, fucking rolling around, you know. And I think very quickly, I didn't realise it until I started jujitsu. I realised that there had been a massive uh, gap, a rugby-sized gap in my life since i had not played rugby you know since that was sort of taken away from me and i was obviously you know busy i got off uh, got into music and then a bit to uni studying that been off traveling so you know i was doing other stuff but i realized when i started just just how much i'd missed that kind of physical competition i suppose yeah um and i yeah it's like a whole part of me that i'd had for Like, I don't know, 20 years of my life, Uh, a bit less, 18 years of my life, and uh, that was just done after a few injuries, and I sort of didn't really replace that. I replaced a lot of the time it took with another hobby, which was music, Um, but I'd missed that kind of physical contest and yeah, the yeah. just the enjoyment that you get from that kind of stuff. but the yeah.
0: competition but then also that like little bit of brotherhood you have.
1: Massively so. Yeah, and it's the same like I used to have that well, I my rugby team, you know. That yeah, same yeah, of kind course. of uh, camaraderie that you get You're all with wearing the
0: same uniform and winning stuff and losing stuff together.
1: Yeah, and like in a very similar way in rugby, like you know compared to uh, compared to football, like uh, different from football, like it's similar to jits, right, when you train rugby you have to, you go in hard against each other um, so it's super physical and, and that comes with a lot of respect of, you, of your teammates because you need each other to get better, so you train hard, try right, to get better at what you're doing but you have to sort of put it on the line and that comes with, well obviously injuries for me that ended my rugby journey but um so a few crossovers there, and I I'm, so I think I've, I look back now. I sort of didn't realise it at the time. I was just sort of thought, "Wow, this is brilliant. I'm coming like Mike. Is it alright if I come again?" Yeah, 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 of course you can. But after a, a few months of of, of jitsu, I, I could see that I, I think subconsciously I was very quickly identified with uh, all these aspects of it that seemed to cross over with what I used to love about. Um, rugby, it's, so it's, it's really it's independent from the sport itself. Uh, well, it comes from the sport, but they're actually like probably more like values that you're actually looking at. You know, there's these um, just what we're talking about there. It's, it's the nature, the, it's the way you train with your team. It's, um, it's what you start to get out of it is is huge, um, and it's funny now, like just ten months in. It'd be interesting for us to have this chat in 10 years, right? But um, Mm. 10 months in, I just think it's just amazing how this has just come into my life. And from me just coming down, like perhaps once a week for a few weeks, and I'll be like, oh, I still need to fit in my weight training and doing all this. And then after a couple of months or so, I was just like, nah, I'm just. Just doing jits, really. Yeah. <laughs> Just sacking all that off. And I remember
0: when uh, you got your second stripe, and uh, Louis said it really well. He was like, "This person, I know, he's constantly thinking about jits <laughs> all day, every day." Uh, That's quite and right, man. And I'm like, oh it's definitely Jim. And in college, and gives you. A I drink. do remember it's that. Like.
1: Yeah. I remember that uh, really well. um I do, and. Yeah, I do get quite philosophical about it, which is um, probably boring for a lot of people to listen to. But um, but I will today because I'm really hungover. I always get more philosophical when I'm hungover. <laughs> well, for uh, me, I
0: think like I have to almost be in that little little tribe and and be be aiming for stuff. I mean, there was a almost the only time of i've not been doing that since i was five was a six months interlude between leaving the marines and starting jits and in that time i started feeling obviously i was i was already a bit depressed because I, I had to leave yeah, yeah. And um, but then like all i was doing was just spending ludicrous amounts of money on going on nights out and just buying loads of drinks and just getting fucked up and trying to look for something yeah
1: and it's got its place hasn't it but it doesn't it doesn't lead to happiness yeah ultimately. it
0: doesn't it's it was you, can, you it, don't kind of feel you know, fill that hole of what you're looking for. Yeah, with.
1: I mean, look at me today. I'm absolutely hanging. <laughs> 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 As is, uh, there's a time and a place for it, but that can't be the basis of what you're doing. I, yeah, I, I mean, perhaps it comes for some people, and you know, perhaps made of better stuff than you or me. But I, I'm the same, and I look back, and it's it's similar. Whether it was in, like my rugby team, or in fact, like. The bands that I played in, there's always been some sort of collective nature, where being with a group of people, working at something, trying to get better, trying to improve, and sharing that experience with the you know the people that are around you. Um, Yeah, I I need that as sort of like that absolutely has to be the foundation for me um, of of everything that I'm doing and. But I feel that massively since so since I started jits, that's like it's really filled a big gap that I sort of hadn't realised was there. I um, mean, I think well we chat about this a lot, don't we, on many journeys to and from training? But it's like I really do believe it. Well, I like to believe it makes you a better person. Yeah. But um, I guess that's for that's for other people to judge. But um, I certainly feel better in myself. Um, Jiu-Jitsu seems to solve a lot of problems, like, more because it stops, it just helps you to deal with day-to-day shit. Like, when you're rolling, you don't think about anything, do you? Other than the absolute moment that you're in. And you can have had the Oh sh- shit,
0: I'm getting
1: choked. Yeah, oh, shit, don't, don't take Oh, Jim's taken my back again for like <laughs> the 17th time in this role. Is this like in your dreams? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he's mounting me again. <laughs> it must be so frustrating. Um, but you just don't think about anything. You can have had the shittiest day at work and be super stressed and busy and just feeling sorry for yourself because you think, oh god, I'm uh, well, tired, I'm stressed and blah, 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 and all that kind of complaining shit that we do whether it's outwardly or just in our heads like mm. and you go to jits and you roll and you just don't think about anything other than what you're doing and that's why you drive home with a massive smile on your face feeling like just, talking just, about jits for another 30 minutes <laughs> yeah and just feeling like just that weight has gone off your shoulders and your head's clear and and it's just beautiful I just, I and I'll just struggle short of you know, injury stopping me from doing it kind of like, it's a bit of a drug isn't it? you yeah. get addicted to it and you just think I can't now imagine that not being part of my life um, I can't re- reasonably see why I would ever give that up really because and yeah. um, no, I mean and the crazy thing is like, you know when I share with people non-jits people that I do it you know, I often get a f- funny looks because a lot of people uh, see it as like a early midlife crisis kind of like mm. why, why would you do martial arts and just think of I don't know
0: taekwondo or yeah, yeah people just kicking boards and shit like that
1: yeah um, but I just I don't know like how can you how can you not um, yeah how can I don't know how could you give that up yeah once it's there and you feel the benefits yeah it's got the obvious benefits of it's it's great fizz and it, you know it's a decent workout when you're rolling hard and but i think it i i realized really early on it's like it's much bigger than that for me oh yeah like it, it and that's uh like i say that's the sort of that's the philosophical side of it mm-hmm. like but it's it's a thinking sport as well like it's not like i think one of the differences from rugby obviously you can be a really talented um rugby player really smart intelligent strategic player uh, that understands the game inside out but you can go a long way with just being fast and absolutely stacked and just smashing through right. people right yeah. um, that's only that's got a limited utility in jits, right i mean it makes a difference at the beginning mm. if you're like much taller than everyone else and absolutely ripped flexible
0: as yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But there comes a time, don't they? It's got it's got a limited utility. Yeah. And actually once you start learning JITs you realise that, that that can be defeated and and that's where the the, the mental game comes from and that's where you, you, I think it's uh, something that you can kind of improve a little bit like just thinking about it outside of uh, outside of training itself, you know. Um, I, yeah, so I think that what we were talking about just a moment ago, though, like the, the team nature of it, I describe it as um, like an individual sport in a team environment. Yeah. Because it's still just you, right? Yeah. You don't like, there's no like two on ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't you know, gang up on people. Um, but you just, uh, you know, it's you and it's only you that can affect the outcome of the role. But um, but that team environment is just awesome, isn't it? Like we need each other to get better. We mm-hmm. you know we, we train hard, we roll hard, and but like it's always done with respect. And I think we were saying the other night, like <laughs> on the way to I think it was on Wednesday, we were chatting about this, not realising we were going to get our third strike. Um, about how cool it is when you actually see another teammate get a belt promotion or just another strike because yeah. it means a lot doesn't it And you, yeah, you yeah. want those around you to keep improving you also know how good that
0: feels when you do get it yourself yeah yeah um, it's like um, you know, iron sharpens iron or whatever it is and totally man you know like if everyone else is stepping their game up you're gonna, you're gonna have to step your game up with them, and you're gonna have to, you know, be a bit sharper. Yeah. As soon as I got that stripe, you know, the next day I was like looking at YouTube videos again and uh, thinking yeah. about new submissions I can like, try and learn and all this shit.
1: Totally, I completely agree. It's it's another little. I mean, you don't really, you you don't need the the motivation to, to keep going, as, as we discussed, because we we love it. But um, I did exactly the same because it's that that nice that nice feeling of like that recognition of your skill in jiu-jitsu progressing Mm. but then you go oh shit like actually I feel like I need to justify is the wrong word but like I feel like um, you get the stripe to recognise that you've got to a certain point in your development but then I feel like I I want to consolidate that you know because there's a big gap between say us as new uh, third stripe white belts and people that that are, have had their third strike but they're sort of four or five months on from where we oh, are yeah, yeah. and they're clearly you know, much better skilled and, yeah. and you know I look at those guys and it's difficult to sometimes I think I can't even imagine being that good mm, but yeah. yet look where we've got from, from day one and then you look at Lewis or Mike or Jeff uh, that's what they say you just have to keep turning up what's yeah. the uh, I can never remember who said different quotes but um, they basically said <laughs> what is it like a uh, a black belt is a white belt who, who just kept showing kept up, showing up. Yeah. and and I think there's so much truth in that and I guess that's ultimately what does trip up some people but um, and time will tell if we get that far but <laughs> uh, but we were saying the other night it's, it's not I don't really have a black belt as some kind of ultimate goal from me um I'd obviously love it it'd be incredible if I got there but it's it's so it's so far away and so so remote as a sort of it's it's almost impossible to actually imagine it when you see how much work you have to put in just to get your next stripe on your belt to be that many belts ahead as a black belt it's there's so much that life can throw at you on route to that that I don't I don't stress myself thinking about yeah. whether I'm gonna be in a black belt or not because actually Whilst the getting a, a new stripe on your belt or maybe you know, I don't know Maybe at some point next year we get a belt promotion to blue belt um, They're obviously they're really amazing moments and really important moments in your jiu-jitsu journey, but um yeah, you know, we know the real pleasure in it is just turning up yeah. as many times a week as we can possibly get and rolling. Yeah and you that's really that's that. what you do it for, right?
0: Yeah. It's it's never really getting that you know, that that recognition is great but it only lasts, you know, the day or so and then you're back in the back into it. Yeah. And um you're still getting crushed by everyone. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, but that's
1: that's the beauty of it. Um it's definitely I think without doubt it's I've experienced it as one of the most levelling and humbling sports that I've ever done yeah um, you know you, like the first time you walk into the club and I don't know you, when, you, when you first start sparring you just think as, as you do it's a human instinct you, you sort of size someone up and think I don't know you're smaller about half my weight mm. presumably I should be able to get the better of you without too much trouble. Yeah, and then some kid absolutely kicks
0: your ass, and you're like, "Fuck!" Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. For me, it was uh, my first session was uh, t- uh, went went with uh, Luke, um, yeah. and he's obviously he's a 4 strike white belt at the time. Yeah, I'm coming in and doing a lot of martial arts before, not like floor grappling, but it's a lot of like clinch and stuff in Thai. So I thought, you know what, I know kind of basic concepts of position and hold and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, Luke's at the time, 18 years old, ginger, like, gangly looking, yeah. <laughs> thin as a stick. I'm like, I got this, it'll be okay. He's only a four-stripe white belt. How much can he you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then for probably in like six minutes, he got tapped out about 100 times or something, and <laughs> strangled <laughs> to death. <laughs> and, and you've got
1: no idea what's yeah, happening like, to you or yeah. how, how they're moving like that. Um, yeah, exactly that, uh, man. You
0: know, Hooks are in.
1: Then I mean. Well, you've got two responses to that, and I think um, I think it's possible that some people struggle with that. You um, know, in, in an ego way, mm. because that's, I mean, it's, that's what I mean. It's a fucking leveler, right? Because if you've got a big ego, that's going to be difficult for you. Um, so your choice is to either learn to accept that. And deal with that and park your ego and realize that you're not just gonna
0: roll up and smash everyone yeah um, and that's like no matter how big you are how strong you are, yeah. what are in the past you know and even and you and know, I think
1: it's difficult for, for those guys it's like we we're definitely not <laughs> the biggest people in mm-hmm. the gym so we've never had that uh, we're not really probably come from that psychological yeah. standpoint but I think that must be really difficult you've probably gone through a lot of your life pretty confidently thinking that you could take most people that you might end up in a sticky situation with and then you come to Jits and get your your ass handed to you by some skinny little kid. Skinny little ginger kid And and then Yeah, because then you're like, oh fuck, Luke's actually really awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, Luke is like, even for a full work, well, he would have been very good for his, you know, with how flexible he is and he's done a lot of gnocchi. He's
1: super talented. And and I think, but for me, my response to that straight off the bat was just like, "Wow! Like I need to know how. I yeah, need to yeah. know this. Yeah. I need to figure this stuff out. I'll, I'll, I need to. I'll, I want to at least be able to do some of this because I was just baffled. I was just absolutely like people taking my back, choking me out, I'm bars a lot, and I was just like, I don't even know how they're getting into those positions. <laughs> Why am I, fucking? Yeah. I'm being
0: choked. What's happening? Um, for me, I, I really like the um, that leveling kind of ego bit. And when you see people with black belts, that's that's kind of what I see. I don't see um, the black belt. I see it as more like a symbol of of not almost of their ability, because I understand they're really good. But to me, if you're a a purple belt like Khalil, and yeah. then a black belt like Mike, you're both going to be tapping me out. Like I don't really see the yeah, difference because yeah. I, d- I don't know it yet. But for me, I see, you know, with his black, belt. I'm like, oh, the person that wears that has had to... Yeah. I understand, kind of, they've had to be very humble and they've had to go through the same process that everyone's kind of going through at this level. Yeah, and like like, like we're going through now, but yeah. the,
1: the incredible thing about it is that they've done it for a decade. It, it, probably, I think, maybe Jeff was, how many years? 14, 14, to, 14, 14 years. 14 years to his black belt. Yeah. And that's just... For me that's awesome, you know, and that's, that's the point. You know, it's easy to stick at something for a, w- a week, right? But to do it for that long, so you're right. I mean, the black belt itself is, that's a great thing. But yeah, it, it's, it yeah, says yeah. says more about the person, doesn't it? It's the it?
0: qualities of the person. And not, it's not like, you're right, you're absolutely yeah. right.
1: It's not, of course, they're really skilled and they're going to kick the shit out of you, yeah. but it, yeah, it's the personal qualities which are underpin the ability to get to that level it,
0: uh, just phenomenal really it's the same for for marines like why I w- why I was so interested in in the car and why i, st- I still still i'm interested in in Royal marines because the kind of people like just because you wear a green barrier doesn't mean in like you're some hoofing bloke all of a sudden, but to actually be wearing it you have needed to shown certain qualities yeah of which I was interested in you know the, the marines up there you know for you know main, like ethos and then whole underpinning 10 qualities a, a, apart from that as well and they kind of like, really resonate with me and like you speak to mike who's obviously done both you know all yeah. and jiu-jitsu black belt yeah what and, a dick yeah <laughs> <laughs> keep his achievements to himself yeah. once, all right <laughs> yeah take that ego away from it <laughs> um uh, no sorry but, and you know he's yeah, like I, I, was, I was talking to him a, a lot before i before i joined, and he was like you know the qualities you need to be a marine and the qualities you need to just be a good person they're almost exactly the same and and then and he's like those are the same qualities you need to be good at jujitsu it's the qualities that kind of underpin whatever it is you're going to do don't worry about you know all the other bullshit that's going on just focus on those qualities and you'll you'll find your way through the rest of it
1: yeah and there, tea lies that whole bigger fucking message that comes out of JITS and these things we're talking about is that is exactly how it maps over to life, isn't it? Mm. Because, yeah, these, these are these important fundamental qualities that underpin, like, Jiu-Jitsu and all the people involved in it, but that's where I see it. I've definitely had, like... Tough days since starting jiu-jitsu when I honestly have like actively thought to myself about jiu-jitsu in resolving whatever problem it is that was in front of me. And um, and I think yeah, I think go back a while and I think about this issue, whatever it is, like work, life, just usual, you know, week to week stress, I think that might have stressed me out more. Or I might have not been able to handle that. And you know, I'm far from perfect, you know, still, still get stressed. But JIT um, uh, toughens you up, and it's like act, it's just not really the physical sense that I'm, that I'm talking about, it's, it's the mental side. It's, it's week in, week out dealing with tough situations on the max. Yeah. And you, you build up so much more resolve and ability uh, to be resilient. That I think that, does, that massively translates into life and does help you deal with whatever, you, whatever you face. You know, at least in a in a
0: in a better way than you probably would have done before. I think. Absolutely. I think we'll um, end it there because we've got some badminton to be playing. Continue on the epic saga of our competition. Obviously, I'll win. Um, well, it's going to be embarrassing when you
1: lose against an older, hungover person, isn't it?
0: I d I don't know what, what you mean. I mean I never lost <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah, um there's loads more actually, I actually wanted to talk to you about, so maybe we'll do this again in a few months or something and yeah, for thanks purpose. for coming on, Jim. Cheers. Thanks, mate.